in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Well, before we get into today's show, we had a quick announcement that we were uh, remiss for not having revealed on today's show, actually, yeah. which is next Monday, August 3rd. We have a brand new show coming out called The Golden Ticket, baby. That's right. It's an awesome show. The patrons are, uh, you know, I've come out in mass to be a part of this thing, and they are competing, all competing to get a shot to be a guest on the top 10 show. They're competing against each other, and this is going on for a long time. This is replacing. Mm-hmm. Placing our relist, we've got Brian Ward who did the uh, logo for us. Jake Yacovetta did the la- did the overlays, and who did the song for us? We got a great new song for oh, this thing, man. Andy Merriweather did the song, and uh, it is a fantastic show. It's a lot of fun, and it's coming out to you guys every Monday, starting August third. Uh, so look mm-hmm. for it next week, August third, and that is it for us. Enjoy today's show. All right, enjoy it. Talk to you later. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and thankfully this week we uh, got a patron to select today's topic because yeah. uh, it is weird every week to have to go. I don't. I don't know. All every choice is possible. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Type of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's almost uh, like you're walking into a candy store and you're like, well, what do you want to eat today? I don't know. There's so many to choose from. Well, what am I in the mood for? I don't know. You figure it out. Uh, and thankfully, our patron, uh, one of our patrons came through with a pretty interesting uh, topic that we've never discussed specifically on the show. Uh, true. Uh, Charles J. Clark sent it in and was movies set before 1776, which had to do a little research to see, oh, this one, this one's on the cusp. But I'm pretty sure the story ends after 1776. Right. And yeah. This one, it's hard to nail down because they never say. And it could right. be this time. It could be this time. I don't know. I can't say for certain. Yeah, uh, there's one in particular. I was like, I, I there's a 200 year range this could exist in. I'm not entirely sure where it lands. Yeah, I had to go deep dive into a few websites to try to figure out time of these movies. Like first, I got a list, and then I looked at each one of these things, and it was like, okay, where does it actually set? Do the website say in the movie? Does it say in the movie what year it's set? So I had to do all that. So it took a little bit longer to get to the top ten that I got that I'm using for the list for this show. Uh, but it was worth it because, you know, first you walk in, you're like, man, this is – are there a lot of films to choose from? And in the end, for me, there was about 20. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was nice to explore to find out which ones I really – and there were some that could have made the list, uh, but some that I've enjoyed that I didn't think deserved to be on the list necessarily. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a number of movies that are set before 1776. And, of course, in that arbitrary year, it's a year of our uh, independence, so here in the United States at least. So um, it was fun to kind of explore all of that. Um. Yeah, it. It. I knew there was going to be plenty of choices. Mm-hmm. Um. So th- it wasn't a question of that. It became a question of like, okay, well, here are three very similar movies on some level. Right. Right. They're all equally worthy, I think. And yeah. one I know hasn't ever come up on a show, but I mm. didn't choose that one. Okay. I, I like this one other, you know, a little bit better, and I know it. Type yeah. of thing. But yeah. it's roughly the same. If you told me you were a bigger fan of this one, I'm not going to fight you on it. It's just like, okay, that's, that one was more your speed, but it's kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. um, so the 
a number of different choices. I'm guessing we're going to have quite a few in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, 1776 does then cut off because we've done epics in the past. Well, yeah. shocker, anytime someone goes back into the far history, they more than likely go after an epic moment or an epic individual because we don't know shit else really. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, th- th- they can be biopics or like a sliver of a time mm-hmm. uh, or a particular event in time. Um, you could even have a question about whether this depiction of the event in time is a realistic depiction of what you're watching yeah. during an event in time. So those, those are all like the questions, uh, as I was, uh, you know, kind of weeding out the, uh, the numbers on my end, which ones I wanted to include. And, you know, these are our lists. And sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you get a topic this broad, it really comes down to what you want to put on the list for real, you know? And, uh, so that's in the end, I think yeah. that's what we kind of settled on. Technically, I don't I don't think it really comes up all that much, but the historical accuracy, because it was set before it didn't right. say it was had to be historically accurate as set before. Right. Right. Although I don't think I have anything that's like complete. Well, yeah, I do. Um, I have one for sure. Yeah, I, I, that didn't that didn't bother me. It really just came yeah. down to how good are these movies? Because I wanted to sneak on my number 10 originally was something utterly different and I completely forgot about one. And it bumped it off. Uh, I know that's kind. I was kind of tough too. Yeah, yeah. I I go through and I wrote down my initial list, and then some of my new easy. I know that set well before seventeen seventy six. That's easy, right? Uh, But it was the just the others having to search through, like you mentioned before, and Mm -hmm. really pin down where exactly and more precisely when exactly did this happen, or is it supposed to have happened or set? Um, Yeah. So yeah, there was there were some tough cuts just because you couldn't. A you knew it violated that tenant of well, this movie is entirely set before or yeah. uh, not being able to pin down. But it's a it's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, to uh, say the least, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's different than you know a lot of what we've been doing as of late. So that's I think why we gravitated towards it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and for those of you who are patrons of the show, we do our shout outs on this particular episode. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for that after the show is done. And also, Matt, we should uh, announce, right? We should talk about the show we have coming for the patrons, shouldn't we? Uh, sh- yes, we should. Um, okay. Why? Shit, I wanted to talk to you beforehand. I, you know, oh. about a release date. And now, because that's where the whole point, we'd be promoting the release. This is when it's coming. Well, we should, well we, should, we should just mention that uh, we've got a new show coming. The patrons are going to participate in this. It's essentially yeah. a Jeopardy-style tournament, uh, three contestants at a time. And there's a lot of patrons who are participating. So this will be the replacement for what we'd had before, which was uh, uh, the top ten list that you guys would send in the relist. Uh, this is what we're replacing it with. We feel this is more interactive, more fun uh, for us to do. And look, we're not trying to copy anybody or take anybody's ideas. We're just having fun with our patrons with a fun contest here um, uh, called the Golden Ticket. I should bring up the graphic now. There it is, the Golden Ticket. So look for that. Uh, uh, it's going to be coming up soon. There's going to be an episode. Uh, we're planning to have one episode every week, at least one episode every yes. week. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Matt and I will be hosting it uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you know, making the decisions and contestants. And then they'll advance to a next round and then we'll have another round of that. Uh, so it's it's got some Jeopardy elements to it, but also our own kind of ideas for it as well. Should be a lot of fun. And the, yeah. so many people signed up that uh, um, there's going to be plenty of shows coming down the pike. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of work on the back end, but we hope you guys enjoy. We've got that graphic. We've got 
uh, a, a nice intro and outro song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the we've got you know a great guy uh, Blair Simpson helping us on the back end and you know hopefully keeping score for all the different games, but he's going to be there for the first few for sure. Yeah, and bringing in three new patrons every week that the supporters that got in by the deadline yep. and they're going to be fighting it out, baby fighting to the death <laughs> to see who gets to be on the show. Plus pick the topic for that show. That's your reward yeah. Yeah. for managing to make it through the gauntlet of all these individuals, whoever is King of the Hill. Well, we look forward to having you on the show exactly. and uh, whatever topic you may choose. It's going to be a lot of fun and we're both really excited. And we're, oh yeah. Have that in the very, very near future for you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. And who, do you want to give a shout-out to the person who made the music for the show, or do you want to wait on that one? Um, sure, yeah. There's no point in not uh, announcing okay. who said it. So Brian Ward was kind enough to do the graphics for us. Yes. And thank you, uh, Mr. Ward. And yes, uh, Andy Merriweather, a guy that uh, saw us in London and Chicago and bought tickets for London again. Mm-hmm. And, you know. A uh, great guy, you know, a musician in his own right. I believe he's written his own play, his own musical. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he uh, mocked That's up, great. sent an idea and came back lickety split. And he's like, okay, here's my rough, you know, idea of what it is. And you're like, that's fantastic. We can't wait. This is awesome. Yeah, this we is- hope everybody enjoys it because, uh, you know, it's my, I think it's my favorite part of the new show. The The song is? Yeah. <laughs> Just because okay. it's fun and it's different. Oh, it's great. Absolutely agree with you. Uh, Absolutely agree with you. And it's a one-off for this show. It's show very show specific. We'll never use this again. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, Andy, thank you so much. And uh, you know, it just banged it out. No problem. Uh, and was had great ideas. It was really collaborative and a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, Brian Ward, that's an amazing graphic and uh, all the people that have helped us write questions. And on the back end, it's been a tremendous amount of work to get to the, the we're at the precipice of rolling this out for you guys. So, <laughs> We hope you enjoy it because a lot of time and effort has gone into this from so many different people. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it'd be nice if you enjoyed it as much as, as we've enjoyed <laughs> making it. So, like, enjoy it, you little bastards. Enjoy it. We're creating well, for you, basically. Well, it's not going away anytime soon. There's That's for sure. Holy This Mary, is the hell of a God. tournament. It is not. It is not. <laughs> a lot of people signed up for this. Alan, we have already had six or seven opt out just because they have time commitments and it's going to conflict and yeah, they're just like it. It's unfortunate. I signed up to do it, but now I just can't. So I'm going to enjoy from afar. And yeah. even with the six or seven taking off, we still have a lot of people that signed up for this. So yeah. we hope you like it because it's going to be in your life for a while. Yeah, it's going to be in your world for a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if I probably can't. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Give me a second. I was trying to see if I can uh, put this thing together and give people a taste of uh what it's going to be what do you mean, the I, intro I yeah the intro if we can and and get people like excited about the song give merriweather a little bit of a highlight on the on the oh i'm fine high, with that higher end show let me see if i can so if you can mock it up so in yeah. essence sorry go ahead man. Go taylor, ahead. it's tailored to go around you know it's obviously the golden ticket that is yeah. the inspiration leading into writing the lyrics yeah so uh we it, it ties into that. It ties into the, the machinations of the game and the people involved. It's really quick. You're in and out in 40 seconds with piano intro and outro for like a second or two a piece. Okay. Um, so it's Let not that long. We hope you uh, like it as much as we do. You got it? Yeah. You got it yeah, dialed in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see if it plays.
That's a uh, pretty fantastic there, Matt Nost. <laughs> it is. And I, if I'm not mistaken, when AD comes in with the top 10 presents the golden ticket, there is a little bit of auto tune on that. That's yeah. what it sounds like it's the only part. The rest of it sounds like his, you know, bare stripped down voice. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's hauntingly beautiful. <laughs> the lyrics are incredible. Andy, I've said, Matt, Matt sent it to me and, and he wouldn't let me listen to it until he could watch me listen to it. Yeah. And I had a stupid, stupid grin on my face because I thought the lyrics were brilliant. I thought the using that, uh, using that uh, particular song as a basis. It's a perfect get your own golden. Yeah. Thank you for being a fan. Just writing those lyrics and then sending them to Andy. And then he'd send back. Oh. He's like, what, what do you think about changing this, this, and this? And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. It was just yeah. a real collaborative fun. Yeah. And it's it's nice to interact with people that enjoy movies and are, you know, yeah. he's on the yeah. other side of the world and we've met through this show. All three of us have. Yeah. And uh it's it was fun. It was uh interesting and creative and something I've never really I've only done that a couple of times, but not to have that full because he was like, I if I have the time, I'm gonna do he wanted to do like a big, uh, like huge orchestrated one and add yeah. in all these pieces. But my guess is he got busy and he was already doing this a favor. So he, you know, bit off more than he could chew this, but I never pressed him on it. So I was like, dude, if you want to do that, go right ahead. But I, no way am I asking for a gong. Right, then, right. That's why he had a gong. He's like, I got a gong version in my head. I was like, if you want to do it, I'd love to hear it. But in no way am I asking you to do that because you're already going to sit down and uh, you know run it brilliant. through your studio and put in time and effort that you get paid for elsewhere you're doing for free for us right right i, right. I appreciate that just because you're a fan and you enjoyed it and it sounded like fun to you yeah and uh yeah good dude and thank you so much to andy and to brian and blair for helping us out so much so far with the the show overall and everybody that's written questions yeah uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun and yeah. you want to jump right in oh uh, yeah let's do it uh, you want to tell me how the show works uh, yes. Once Charles, Mr. Charles J. Clark set the topic, we went our individual ways and created personal top 10 lists showed back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one a piece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, all right. All right. So I am going to go ahead and, uh, jump right in at 10. I've got okay. uh, kingdom of heaven, specifically the director's cut. Wow. Okay. Knock yourself out. Uh, it's the, it's much better. It fleshes out. I've never seen that I can recall a good movie about the Crusades. Okay. And it's such a fascinating moment to me within, you know, world history. Yeah. And this idea of, of numerous people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people fighting and dying over this tiny little stretch of land. Yeah. Uh, and it, the fact that it just went on for so long and you're sending massive armies from a thousand, you know, 500 miles away, 700 miles away, just so far away, right. traveling all this great distance to capture a piece of land that they've never seen. They have no connection to. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it just plays a pivotal role within their religious life. And it does for several religions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that the initial release, no one was really a big fan of. Okay. But the, the director's cut spends more time and develops the story. I mean, it's a slow movie by and large, I think, right. overall. If you're expecting huge upon huge kind of rolling one after the other, you're not going to get it. 
Yeah. Uh, because you do like have to understand a little bit of the nuance of the politics of the situation and why factions are warring. And yeah. um, I don't know. It, I, I think they did as good a job you can do. I think it's a Ridley Scott. Yes, it is. Um, Cause it's a tough story to do. Just like Alexander didn't make my list. That's, that's a nearly impossible movie to do yeah, to me yeah. that's a to tough do one. the arc. It is just the guy was larger than life. Yeah. 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 And, he also traveled with people that wrote down his story. So that's why it looms so large all these years later is because there right. were so many different accounts. He had yeah. PR people in essence with him to spread the myth and legend of Alexander. But I mean, he was backing it up. He was crushing yeah. people. He uh, was crushing it, man. He was, I mean, he looked, he inherited his army. So he did, did have an advantage, but simultaneously he managed to take them to heights by the age of like 28 that are amazing. Yeah. Utterly amazing, especially yeah. in the context of that time. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, so Kingdom of Heaven, to, to be so far removed, and um, I've read a, a book or two on it, but it's not, it, you know, it hasn't captured my imagination as other aspects of history have, but I know some of the story. Mm-hmm. And to see it come to life anytime, something like that, where I've read about, no, have a cursory understanding of, to see it come to life, and it seems kind of honest and true, yeah. I will enjoy more, more, more than likely than the average person. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I've, 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 not, I've seen it. I only saw the original cut and I was like bored out of my mind with it. And I know people love the director's cut. Say it's, it's a richer film when you watch the director's cut. So I have to create space for that uh, for myself personally. But um, I, I will eventually at some point watch this thing. But that's why I didn't even uh, remotely be considered for my list because I, I did not like that original cut of the film. And I have yet to make my way to the director's cut. So uh, I take your word for it, man. Uh, yeah, what's your I- yeah, you know, I would take go into it with an open mind type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I never go in wanting to hate a movie. I may go in skeptical no. about a movie, but I never go in wanting to hate a movie. So, um, so yeah, so I would look forward to it as well. Well, uh, I'm just saying, right. like, because sometimes it feels like work. Don't yeah, go into right. a chore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you're just gonna be like, it was fine. <laughs> it did its job. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, all, right all right. So my number nine. Mind? Is uh, a newer movie. Okay. Which is The King with Chalamet. Oh, man, that was such a close cut. Such a close cut. I mean, I was like on the fence about that. So I'm glad you put it on your list, man, because I love that movie. I just I just couldn't, couldn't put it above these other ones, man. And maybe in five years, I can. Maybe in five years, I will. There's something about it being recent yeah. that made me hesitate. But go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, You know, it it suffered from the fact that it came out on Netflix because had it come out in the theater, there would have been more Oscar buzz around it. Oh, probably. Yeah. I don't know that it would have been nominated, but it would have been elevated in the conversation and Chalamet's already gotten there. Like he will win one more than likely in the next five to seven years. Yep. Yep. Uh, He's already done a body of work. That's really heavy and Oscar voters love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The call me by your name. And then what was the one with uh, Steve? Uh, Carell. Oh yeah, beautiful boy. Beautiful boy. Yeah, yeah. like he's done heavier shit that's been pulled off and gotten a lot of buzz about yeah, it. Absolutely. Uh, so he'll be fine. But uh, yeah, it was. You know what I think really cements it is it's the latter half of so Falstaff seeing his progression, but then having to go out like redeeming Falstaff yeah. in a believable and honest way. The look on his face when he knows that is the decision that has to be made, the Chalamet, yeah. the king. And this is the one guy that's kind of been his friend. And is it his ruthlessness to rule 
just yeah. his want of power or is it actually the liberation and freedom of his people that he believes in? Like what are his motivations? And you can see him kind of work through that in his mind. And it's a great little plan of, you know, the little Sun Tzu, the art of war type of thing. Yeah. You know, yep. Play, play, make their strength a weakness. So they have the advantage in numbers and whatnot. Let's right. make the ground muddy and level this playing field and we'll go light on our armor to attack them. Yeah. But that coupled with, when uh, the woman that he is betrothed to, that French princess, mm-hmm. Catherine, and she's yep. that all of this is illegitimate yep. and you're full of shit. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, she's not wrong. No, no, it's true. I mean, stripping Henry V down to the actual events that happened, I thought was a brilliant idea because Henry V is a fantastic story. On its own, but Shakespeare took liberties because he wrote this right when they were in the middle of a war so that England could be roused by the play. So um, and of course, Queen Elizabeth was like, you better write a play. that's pretty awesome about England. And so uh, but stripping it, yeah, yeah. But stripping it down, that's, cool. that's why Olivier did his version in, in the middle of World War Two, because he wanted to rouse. Uh, the English to, to, in the battle against the Nazis. So it's like that wow. kind of thing. He was, he was like carrying on that legacy, right? Uh, Brian, I just did his in 89 for no reason, unless the Falkland Islands was a real thing. Wow. But, <laughs> but I mean, Olivier is born out of hubris, yeah, it as is, is, it is Kenneth Branagh's even sure. more so. But Olivier is like, you know what can lift us to beat the Nazis if I do this yes, right. for film? <laughs> it will so inspire our soldiers and be like, all right, Larry. Larry. <laughs> Larry. Larry. Buddy. <laughs> Pally. Uh <laughs> that and then when he figures out that the Machiavellian character yeah that has been pulling the the strings yeah. of what he actually is dude that is the, the look on the guy's face is a great oh. actor when he puts him on the uh, the the box and yeah. he's having him put his arms out you're like oh this- yeah but he's standing up there getting yeah. tailored and yeah. you can see him wheels in his head of oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck <laughs> what no hey look you got what you wanted right I yeah. was helping you type of, but he's, <laughs> there's still a sl- trying to pass off confidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, I think that final act really cemented my enjoyment of it. And plus it's another week where there's a lot of choices. So let's talk about a new movie that we haven't talked about much. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I loved it. And if you guys haven't watched it on Netflix, do yourselves a favor and watch it. It's so, so good. And Joel Edgerton is a fantastic fall staff. He the is. fall staff that you are not, used to seeing in films usually you see him as a rotund uh stumbling fool but if you're going to strip out the truth and show i'm sorry if you're gonna strip out the um fantastical from the play and show the truth of what happened you also have to show what who falstaff actually was Mm -hmm. falstaff was not necessarily play uh, a person who uh you know didn't understand what was happening or a a rotund idiot he's actually more than just that you know i'm just not an idiot but certainly he got into some trouble and what have you you know he was a drunk yeah, exactly. But in this one, it's it's a more powerful performance from Edgerton for sure. Um, uh, all right. So what's your number eight? Uh, my eight is The Prince of Egypt. Uh, okay, that's my number nine. So perfect. There we go. Let's talk about it. This is the one that I brought up. It was like, there's three to me vying for this. Yeah. If you want to go back, I only chose one animated. Yeah, me too. Only uh, one. Even though I wanted to choose two okay. more I had to be like, no, let's be real. Which what were your other want? two? Well, Hercules could qualify, yep. and I think Tarzan possibly could qualify, but I'm there's, not sure when Tarzan set. There's no way that's before 1776. Yeah, you don't think so? There's a, Visualizing her wardrobe alone sets it in the mid-1800s. Ah, oh, maybe. It does. That's Victorian yeah. England that they came from, not, okay. not colonial-era America. Okay. 
1912. Son of a bitch. All Maybe. right. It takes place around 1912. Or All perhaps right. then Edwardian or whatever it is at that point. Yeah, 1890 to 1912. All right, fine. So either way, wouldn't have been able to put it on the list either way. So My third one was Road to El Dorado. Oh, yeah. That's a cool one. I it's like fun. One. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Isn't that uh, – who, who's that? Is that Kevin Klein Kevin or Klein and, and Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, um, those two. Yeah, it, uh, but Prince of Egypt is – Yeah. Even if you don't believe in the story, you don't you know, feel it's true. Yeah. It's still engaging – uh, throughout the the animated visuals, like when the parting of the Red Sea and you can see the whale going through mm-hmm. as the lightning is going off, illuminating the water. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is beautiful to see that aspect of the story come to life, just like it is any time, like a comic book movie. Oh, I read that on the page. Are they going to be able to pull that off? Not saying that one is directly equivalent to the other or right. any book, rather. Um, and the like the the friendship between... Moses and, and Ramesses the yeah. second, uh, yeah, second. Yeah. which is Ray Fines and Val Kilmer. Yeah. You know, uh, Val Kilmer probably at his height of book and movies. Yes, I would say so. I mean, yeah. Batman is around this time as well. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's a little before. In the 90s. Um, and a great cast, mm-hmm. you know, beyond that. Uh, yeah, a, Pfeiffer, Bullock, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, Patrick Stewart, Steve Martin, and yes, Martin, Martin Short. Short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you know, if you like history, then you at the very least have the Egyptians. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it. Well, there's a good, uh, there's a, a surprisingly, I want to say this, it's a surprisingly moving story between these two brothers that's tragic like Mm -hmm. in 10 commandments it's yul brenner and charlton heston and you're constantly jealous of charlton heston so you don't sense that there's a real relationship here but when you watch prince of egypt the acting work voiceover wise between ray fines and val kilmer you can tell there's a genuine love and affection between them as brothers yeah does he feel a little bit jealous that uh that moses is kind of the favorite a little bit of the favorite Yes, because he has to lure him into these, you know, kind of um, rule-breaking scenarios. Uh, Ramses does because Ramses is like he's, he's it's Egyptian privilege. He's gonna say he's a king's son. He's Egyptian privilege. Oh no, he's the is. next god in line. Exactly. So he's got privilege coming out of his pores, oh. and he takes advantage of it. He knows nothing but there's the world doesn't exist. Doesn't make sense to him outside of that incredible privilege. I mean, right? You are a living god of hands down the world's most advanced and powerful civilization. Right. And it's wealthiest. It's, I mean, Egyptian dynasties went on for a millennia. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's utterly, you know, amazing to me how long that they were at the height of their power. Cause it, it doesn't seem like that long. And then you look at how many different they have eras of dynasties. Right. And then Middle Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. And just like it's utterly ridiculous how long it went on for. Yeah. So to be born into that world where it doesn't matter. I can kill anybody I want to. I can do whatever I want to. Right. I want which for is, nothing. Which is what he says later on, right? He says, if I tell the Egyptians it's this it's night when the sun is out, 
they will say it's day for night or night for day. I can do that. I can change this after Moses kills that guy who was whipping the young, I mean, the older slave. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows I can, I can change all this. I can, but like Moses, and this, once again, great performance from Kilmer. The soulful performance in his voice is what's there. And Ray finds Ray finds screaming for Moses as he runs away in the middle of the movie to go find out his true heritage is very heartbreaking. And then at the end, when they have the same kind of exchange, but which, which, you know, they bring back full circle, having them have him yell about Moses from across the sea after the Red Sea is uh, crashed back together again. You're just like, man. So it's real tragic. It's real tragic and real pain uh, between these two. And I love that about the movie because I think if that wasn't there, the movie wouldn't be as special as no. it is to me. And, and it's essential to have that. You know? Yeah. And weirdly, if, if you recast the two of them, I don't think the movie works. That's a great point. Yeah. Near as it's one of those, it's kind of like a Tim Allen is Buzz. Right, right, if, right. If you waited three years to make that first Toy Story, Tim Allen probably does not get that booking. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. right. I mean, it, I'm sure it'd still be good, but it's the juxtaposition of their two different voices and the characters that they're bringing to life that yeah. is the initial energy and spark of that movie, just like it is in this. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just that kind of uh, low, calm, mm-hmm. soulful nature of Val Kilmer's yeah. uh, voice, you know, performance in this. And so, I love that he voiced over God as well. That was perfect. Classic Kilmer. I'll do it, but I got to do God. I got to do the voice of well, God. Well, he's the son of God, so standard reason that God would have his voice as well. Wait, who's the son of God? Moses is the son of God. Yeah, you're right. I just screwed that up and was hoping we could... Dance right past that. No way. We get so much. We get so much email if we. Do. Well, perhaps you hear the voice of God as some people do as their own. Because- right. Right. Of course. Oh no, I get the logic behind it. I just also know that Val Kilmer well, put in his negotiation, and I'm going to be the voice of God as well. And they're like, all right, fine, Val. Um. Uh. Yeah. All right. So that's your eight. That's my eight. So what do you got okay. a ten? So my ten is uh, Apocalypto. Oh, that's a punt. Really? Okay. Ten? Yeah. Nine was Prince of Egypt. Eight? Oh, you're going to hate me. Eight is 300. I love 300. Go for uh, it. What's that? Say go for it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love this film. Still come back and watch it all the time. We just recently did it for the cinephiles, breaking this thing down and having a little, uh, having a blast, like uh, exploring the madness of this movie. Draw Butler, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Michael Fassbender's in this thing, David mm-hmm. uh, Wenham. You have uh, so many people involved in this. And it's, it's just, it's just one of those films that for whatever reason, I always go back to and let myself get caught up in. Zack Snyder does a fantastic job directing this one. The adaptation of the Frank Miller comic book or graphic novel which of course is based on the real uh battle and th- please do not go to this movie and think it has any remote historical accuracy uh but it, but other than the names king leonidas was the real king at that time yeah, and xerxes that was right i think the liberties it takes though on some level um really help kind of give you the scope of what this means in history like to see xerxes army it was yeah. unquestionably this monolithic force that was coming to crush you. Yeah. Yeah. And then the idea of 300 guys standing up to them at that pass. Right. To try and hit them off. Like that's a, that's a tale that lives on to this day. Yeah. So you kind of have to build this overly stylistic. I think on some level, it really benefits the overall to make it Mm -hmm. over the top and pulp. Like, I don't think he's ever had, 
how can I say this correctly? I don't think Zach's ever shot anything as visually arresting no. as this movie is. No. The shots of those guys getting pushed off the cliff with the sunlight behind them is incredible. The shots of the ships getting destroyed by the storm and the lightning while the while the rain is pelting them on their shields and they're screaming their heads off phenomenal the shots of the of the human beings uh pinned to the trees and the branches when they've when they've destroyed that entire town that's un- overwhelming like there's so many great images the uses slow motion mm-hmm. perfectly throughout the movie the score itself the thumping score that comes in you know the the narration throughout the whole movie works so well and all of it is just like yeah i know people can go oh it's a very you know masculine movie yeah and that's what i like about it you know and it's okay to be masculine you know and it's okay to have that in a film as long as you're not you know making everyone else feel stupid about it he's doing they are just they believe what they believe they're warriors and they have a code and they follow that code to the end and in the end whatever what happens to them happens to them but it's just it's so enjoyable to watch and lena hetty is a very strong female act a strong female character to put in there and they give her moments to be like you know I am as equal as Leonidas, and it's great to see that when she gets her revenge uh, on Dominic West's character and also when she has her moment with him, you know, when she mm-hmm. says, like, you know, you do as a king would do, do as a free man, think as a free man. So there's a lot within the film. People want to dismiss it, and I, I think there's a lot here to enjoy in this no, movie. They get a lot of the essence of who the Spartans were yeah. across and a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it hyper stylized? Yes, but sure. you know the Spartans were kind of known to be like this. Yeah, and you know we go into that all day long. It's nothing yeah. to do with the movie itself, but right. uh, yeah, I just wish I went back to see it more often. I think that overall, Zack Snyder's never really been my cup of tea. Yeah, that's fair, dude. I know he's not everybody's cup yeah, of tea. Yeah, it's guess. that and Watchmen, really. But I don't really oh, see yeah. all that either all that often i like right. them, but right. i just don't well watchman is more how can i say this much if you watch the directors could have watchman it's better than the original kind of like yeah, your kind of like what you said about the other one kingdom of uh, so yeah yeah i so, agree yeah. with that but it's also another one that's going to be three hours long yeah and if i'm not 100 percent on board it's just like oh, i've seen it you know I can move it is on. three hours long you're right about that it certainly is that so That'd be the situation. All right. Uh, so that was my eight. What is your next one? What's your seven? My seven is Spartacus. Let me take my list here. Uh, yeah, that's uh, no, that was a cut. I had to cut Spartacus. I hated that I had to do it, but I cut it. So please huh. take it, take it away, my friend. Um, once again, another movie <laughs> bringing to life. Listen, to the reverence of you. <laughs> What's the the second Servile War where? It's amazing that it didn't happen more often. I believe there were three, but mm-hmm. uh, where all the slaves went, hey, there's a lot of us. <laughs> there's more of us than them. There's a lot more of us. What are they going to do? Stab? It's not like they can pick me off with a gun. Mm-hmm. They, the best they're going to have is one of those gladiatorial tridents. You know, well, beyond yeah. that, like bow and arrow, and depending on what era of Roman history, you can have ballistas. Uh, on top of that, but you don't really fire that at people. Anyway, it's not like it's a gun. Right. So for people to to rise up and for one of those individuals' names to have now echoed through the centuries afterwards yeah, um, is had a resonance because it's another side of the Roman story that doesn't get is talked about you know as frequently. Mm-hmm. 
Plus, then you have Kubrick, you got Kirk Douglas at the height of it. And then when you know the backstory of what it took to get this made, like by bringing on Trumbo, a black-listed writer, but knowing Douglas did, that he was the one pushing the hardest for this, that he had to write this. He's the best writer in town. He can pull this off. Uh, And, uh, you know, this... Where was this in Kubrick's? Is this like his third? It's like... Paths of Glory... Yeah, I think this is like his second, second one. or third. Yeah, yeah, because he worked with Douglas before. So, yes. and I want to say that was the other thing where Douglas was kind of pulling Kubrick with him, being like, "This it is was. the dude that's going to direct it. This is the dude that's writing it. I don't care. You know, you can't change my mind." And he had such force and presence that he pulled that off. That's really impressive. Yeah, just the will. He had done a film called Fear and Desire, which is about an hour hour long film. Then he did Killer's Kiss. Um, I've never seen which it. Which is an hour and 17 minute film. And then The Killing, which is the one that really announced him uh, there, where they, they uh, try to do a racetrack robbery with Sterling mm-hmm. Hayden, the guy from um, The Godfather who plays the corrupt police guy. Then Paths of Glory, then Spartacus. So certainly he was on the early end of his career, but it was just yeah. when he was about to hit his stride because Lolita's after this, Dr. Strangelove is after this, and Space Odyssey. Those are his next three, four films, and then Clockwork Orange. So he's about to go on a run, basically. Yeah, an all-time run. Yeah, all-time run, absolutely. Yeah, even if if one of those that everybody loves isn't your favorite, yeah, he's got at least one, maybe two, that you think is just a classic. Right, and the thing with this movie is they started shooting with another director. Like half of the, I think Arthur Mann is the other director, Mm -hmm. and halfway through or a quarter of the way through, Douglas and him just weren't getting along. So Douglas went and Doug's a producer of this thing. He went to Kubrick and he said, I want you to do this film, blah, blah, blah. And he's, and he's for a studio and he's Kubrick said, okay, but I'm going to need, but I start Monday morning. I don't want to wait a week or two, blah, blah, blah. I start Monday morning. So you're going to fire me. You're going to fire him over the weekend and slide me in there. And that's what happened. He ended up having that conversation with him. slid him in there. They replaced one of the actors. They replaced a German actress who was playing uh, the woman who he has the uh, okay. relationship with. Yeah. Um, and they replaced it with another actress. And then they had uh, I think but him and him and Kubrick uh, did have battles throughout the making of the movie yeah. to How try to get know? it right. Yeah, exactly. They're both strong spirit, strong headed mm-hmm. guys. Uh, and in the end, you know, Kubrick said, I'll never do a movie like this again because the studio had too much say over it. From now on, it will be. So the lesson was learned, but he still was able to produce a pretty classic film or a classic film, not a pretty classic, a classic film uh, uh, that a lot of people revere and enjoy. And it's tough to cut it, man. I had to go like, well, how many times do I really go back and watch it? That was the only reason, not because I don't okay. think it's a great film. That's the only reason. Yeah. I. It makes my list because weird as it is, there aren't too many excellent movies about Roman history. Yeah, I know. Lindley feels the same. Look, Lindley yeah. is, I, I think Lindley's the same way with you about Roman history. She refuses to watch anything that isn't like tone accurate or as accurate as possible. It's so rare. For her, it's really tough to watch any of these films because she likes that period of time so much that mm-hmm. she's like, takes it as an offense if it's not accurate to what she remembers or knows. About it's it. just disheartening. They had so yeah. many huge characters that you could do a movie about. You know, Caesar obviously is the mm-hmm. first one that everybody thinks about, but Pompey before him, yeah. and you've got Caligula and Nero right. and uh, Tiberius, and like the, it is nonstop. Hadrian and building Hadrian's yeah. Wall, and but like Pompey alone, 
managed to crush all the pirates in the Mediterranean. That's where he got his wealth. That's a hell of a movie in and of itself. (laughs) And we'll never see it because most people don't know who Pompey is. And it's not a Julius Caesar. It's not a Caligula Nero. But if a couple of them would be successful, then you could roll out others. And it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. So it also gets lifted up a little bit and be like, I wish I could do, I wish I could do a a list of 10 legitimately. Uh, They're just art for me. Right. Right. Um. Anyway, so that's my seven. Okay, six. six is Last of the Mohicans. Uh, that is a punt. Slight right. punt, but still a punt. Easy peasy. All right, my number seven is Excalibur. Not on my list. Now, does that count? I feel like that counts because sure. it's based on a true story. It's set. It doesn't matter. It's set before 1776. Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure I want you know, I was willing to move Spartacus up to 10 because that was my last cut. Um, Okay, well, Excalibur is one of my, I mean, like, what can I tell you? John Borman, that score, everybody who's in the film, the story they tell, it's the best King Arthur story, in my opinion. I know people love Sword in the Stone, but this is the one that does it for me. Um, I love the performances, Nicole Williamson as uh, Merlin, uh, you know, uh, Liam Neeson's in this thing, Helen Mirren's in this thing. Uh, I forget the actor who plays King Arthur. He's fantastic. Patrick Stewart. Uh, Guinevere is great. Lancelot is great. The story and the way they age this guy from a page, a young, you know, cherub faced page mm-hmm. into the uh, uh, downtrodden old Arthur uh, is incredible. And you go with it the whole time. And Borman does such a great Gabriel Burns in this thing. Such a great job bringing you into the world of this movie and making it interesting and funny and also uh, tragic and the stakes are all there throughout the whole and yes they're all talking in that elevated kind of thing i saw what i saw you know but like merlin is the guy that's like oh you need to be aware of this or you need to be aware of that so yeah. there is the undercurrent of it of a of a more grounded movie going on while these other more pronounced characters are like playing above what's actually happening what's happening what's really happening below is is so good so that's why the movie still appeals still works for me i'll flip through the channels and watch it if it, mm-hmm. if i catch it on i'll watch and enjoy it. it it's so good it still works yeah yeah i i, I included one arthurian era movie mm-hmm. type of thing so sword in the stone was a tough cut but i was like i already have one that's in the same ballpark, so I'm going to go with that one. I kind of expected it to be on your list, so to hear that it's cut, you, I'm sure it must have been difficult for you to cut that one. I know it, well, like I want to kind of spread it around, have a bunch yeah. of different movies. Of course. Makes so sense. we're talking about different stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, then my number six is uh, Brana's. We mentioned earlier, Brana's Henry V. Um, okay. That's a goddamn good movie, man. 1989, I remember being a 19-year-old kid or 18-year-old kid and hearing that this movie was coming out and seeing the trailer. And this is at the time when I was becoming a massive... Uh, fan, well, I'd been a fan of Shakespeare since I was like 10 or 12 years old. Like, not, not in any way bragging. I think, like, I'd watch it on PBS. I'm like, there's something here that I enjoy. I can't understand a word they're fucking saying, but for whatever reason, I'm enjoying it, you know? And then through high school, trying to figure out Shakespeare, trying to understand the language, the iambic pentameter, all of it, it really kind of got to me in my head. So eventually, when I saw this trailer, I was like, what? They're doing a movie on it. This is exciting. And I remember driving myself down to D.C. to watch it by myself in the theater because no one I knew was going to come with me to go see Henry the Fifth. So at the time, so I drove down there, watched yeah. it by myself, and I just was I just was, I was, blown away, man. And if I could have bought a ticket, if I thought to even buy a ticket to see a second show, 
I would have stayed and watched the second showing of the movie because it just works so well. Bronner does such an excellent job. He makes Henry such a, uh, you know, a character you want to cheer for. Mm -hmm. And he adds this element of Henry struggling with this kind of physical malady that I had not seen or heard being used before in a performance of Henry V. You know, even the king, the king doesn't really use any of that as well. Or, uh, or Olivier's Henry V doesn't use any of that. This is something Brana added to kind of show the element that he was, he was breaking out. He was having to fight his own body as well as the odds, you know, and there's, There's shades of 300 in this with the Agincourt situation, you know, 100 men or 1,000 men versus 10,000 French. It was insane to think about. Um, and the, the the dialogue works so well, the way he moves stuff around, the way he brought in stuff from Henry IV, uh, part two, I think, works really well with Falstaff and and uh, Pistol and Bardolf and Nim. All of that really works. And the pace of the film is just boom, 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 boom. And even the Catherine stuff with Emma Thompson is great. Uh, Paul Schofield as the French uh, king is good. Everything just all around works so well for me, man. And the score, too. The score is fantastic from Patrick Doyle. Oh, that illusion? No, I, I hit my cord, my uh, one of my earphones. Oh, okay, cool. Popped out. Um, okay, so that was your number six? Yeah. You've never seen it? It's not your cup of tea? No, I mean, uh, I have. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Okay. All right. Fair. I'm not uh, against it. It was good, but it's yeah. it's kind of rare when I get sucked into a Shakespearean movie. Understood. Understood. It's funny because you like the Roman stuff, but Shakespeare you can't quite get into. Well, but right. there are other Shakespeare's like Much Ado, I think is great, and I could watch okay. that. Right now, I have zero problem with it, and um, trying to think yeah. what else. I think there's one more. Much ado could have qualified, right? Because that seems yeah. to be before 1776. I think it's right. I'm not sure. Yes, it does seem, but it seems like well, considering they're mostly still with swords, I don't remember seeing any guns. They put it squarely before 1776. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um. All right, Matt. What do we do here? Uh, well, now we take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsors. Uh, so, uh, yeah. All right. So we're jumping into what you number five now. My five is the punt from you earlier. Apocalypto. Okay. Ring it. Ring it. Um, wow. You're 10. Yeah, man. 10. I just think it's, it's one. So it creeps above. Cause I think I'm going to watch that one more often, uh, uh, than everything below, uh, on this list. The King might creep up and overtake it. Okay. Okay. But at this point, like I know last of the Mohicans, I, I can check in with that every once and again, but I think I just go to my favorite scenes at this point. Okay. And Spartacus is roughly the same, whatnot. Whereas with Apocalypto, I will still start it at the beginning and see the slow progression of this small little tribe mm-hmm. that has to deal with this sudden new invading force that then has to deal with a sudden new invading force. <laughs> right exactly yeah, yeah the build the I, this, <laughs> the best you know the best where you he thinks on some level that he is finished yeah and just the simple picture of a, a spanish galleon off in the distance like did you have no idea what's coming yeah you, lit- you literally cannot fathom what is yeah. about to happen to you and your entire civilization yeah yeah uh and the whole build up to that was bananas human mm-hmm. sacrifice when the guys are running through the field and there's all those oh. uh, those soldiers and they're just like firing arrows, it's a yeah. game to them. Yep. And they have to chase him down and over. I mean, it's you you don't speak the language, so yeah. it's subtitled when it is subtitled. Yep. But you don't care because you can identify with all these different characters just through their emotions and physicality and how the scenes progress. Um, Mel did an amazing job of 
putting together a movie that nobody really knew anything about. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Um, it is an incredible adventure film. Like, incredible. It's nonstop. Um, you sense the stakes the whole time. Yeah. The villain they've chosen is scary as fuck. Uh, and you think to yourself, like, how is this, you know, younger, spindly little guy going to be able to avoid this? And somehow he seems to find a way constantly, no matter what situation he's thrown into, he seems to find a way out. He seems to find a way to troubleshoot the situation yeah. and get the best of the villain. And just like you said, Matt, just when you're ready, which I thought was brilliant by Gibson. Mm-hmm. And look, I know people might have a personal issue with Gibson, and I totally respect that. But it's we're looking at the film. And it's brilliant by Gibson, like you said, that we are just like out of breath by the time that movie is about to end. And just when we think it's okay for this guy and his family, mm-hmm. he looks out and he sees, like you said, the Spanish galleon. You're like, oh, shit. And that's yeah. how the movie ends. But it's a he, ballsy ending. man. But to him, it's a fascination. What is that? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen anything like that. That is that a God? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how to calibrate and right. wrap my mind around what I'm currently looking at. Right. Right. But it's a, just a, so, but yeah, I, I, once again, it, it sucks that Mel is slowly devolving into yeah. what he's becoming because it makes it more and more difficult. It does. Doesn't it? On man? some level. Yeah, it's easier when he's directing. Right. It is because you're not you're not constantly reminded of having to ask that question of yourself. Should I be enjoying this? Which he hasn't reached the tipping point for me yet. And then perhaps that makes me a shitty human being. I, I can't fight you if you feel that way. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat. It's easier. I'll still watch lethal weapon. God forgive me. Yep. And I get it. I love it. And love it. Yeah, exactly. And love his performance. Yeah. Lethal weapon two. I just just love it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still, he's still got a few. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond yeah, Thunderdome. Even, love it. Yeah. The Mad Max movies, Road Warrior. I mean, yeah. Road it's, Warrior. Love it's it. tough. You know? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely respect people feeling the way they feel about him and offended by the words he said. Certainly they aren't easy to defend, nor should anyone nope. try to defend them, to be honest. They're, with you. they're indefensible. Yeah. They're indefensible. Absolutely. But he's, he's for just been such a part of our lives for three decades that it's hard yeah. to. Now, this it's not like Bill Cosby was just like, this is a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, that was a no-brainer. Like, if Mel did that shit, yeah. not even a question. Not also, even a question. Bill had been talking down to everybody yeah, for 20 true. years, so true. it's easier to be like, man, fuck you. <laughs> Built the Whereas bar. Mel didn't have that. He, I mean, when he went off the deep deep end or went into the deep end, he went. Like, yeah. It was sudden. Yeah. Just jumped off the cliff, and you're like, holy shit, has he always been like this? Right. Have we just missed it the whole time? Yeah, or was like his wife before they got divorced, like keeping him in check and whatnot. And then right. once he lost that, that governor, he was just allowed to go as fast as he wanted to. And so that's not right. healthy. Apparently. No. I don't know. Nor it sucks, it. but that's my five. What do you got? <laughs> okay. My five uh, is Ben Hur. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a best picture. Uh, not, and not just because it's a best picture, but because I got to use a rest real quick. So please. Okay. Yeah, I will go on. It's because I love the film. I mean, it's been around, obviously, it's been around for quite some time, a number of decades. Every time it comes out in a new format, I go and watch it in the theaters here in Los Angeles or enjoy it at home. Uh, you know, the the special, I think, 50th anniversary one has like Charlton Heston's diary, which you can read and get into and get some knowledge about the movie and his uh, experiences making the film, uh, working with the director, or with, uh, I think, William Wyler, who directed it. Uh, all of that is there for you to enjoy 
throughout with uh, Ben Hur. Plus, the story itself is so epic, and it's about you know this guy who is like initially a prince of of uh, Judea of Ju- you know prince of Judea, uh, and he is uh, you know he, he wants to uh, you know his old friend is coming back Masala, who is a Roman uh, you know kind of a person who's moved up the ranks uh, of the Roman army, and he's in this situation, and he wants. Uh, Judah, with Judah Ben Hur, that's um, uh, Charlton Heston's character, to give him information on uh, people who are the Jewish people who are causing issues with the Romans, who are leading protests, who don't like what's happening. He wants him to essentially be a stool pigeon for him. And this is what ends up becoming the crux of the movie this idea of like Ben Hur not wanting to give in to this uh, 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 request from Masala to turn on his people. And the journey he goes on from slave, galley slave, to uh, becoming, uh, you know, kind of almost a conqueror of Rome in a way uh, when he's adopted to going back and confronting Masala, fighting him in the chariot uh, race. And then, of course, finding out what happens to his mom. And then, of course, and then also Jesus Christ is a part of this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive film in that way. And it, it's still so eminently rewatchable still works it's my easter tradition every year uh and so it's one that i i have to revere and put in my top five so there we go yeah it's worthy of uh being in the top five mm-hmm. it was What's on my point? side list it just didn't make my overall that's yeah. i don't watch it as often as you do yeah fair what's your four four is uh my arthurian monty python and the holy grail <laughs> okay i didn't put it in because it's an absurdist take but hey i'm not i'm not gonna fault you for putting it in at all set before 1776 yeah, no way to the absolutely, absolutely the time frame just needed to be yes beforehand so you can do whatever you want before then it didn't ask for historical accuracy oh no, you're right you're right and that's why sword in the stone got cut it's just like i'm already doing one yeah. so to do another not absurdist, but an animated take on this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just going to choose one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was between this and Life of Brian to make the list. Oh, yeah. Life of Brian would have been a nice choice, too. It's it's a it's another one, you know, set is the yes, guy that everybody might think is, you know, Christ. Right. And it's not. It's just the dude that lives next door. <laughs> but I mean, Monty Python, if you like comedy at all, then you've seen the movie. Of course. Yeah. It's yeah. it's inevitable. It's one of the ones that everybody tells you to watch, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, it still holds up. And a lot of the the things that they were forced into at the time, like the coconuts, because of budgetary reasons, they couldn't afford horses. Yeah. So I think it was Terry Gilliam came up with the coconuts. I'm not sure on that who exactly came up with it, but it was just like mm-hmm. it's an old radio thing when they did yeah. radio plays to make a horse galloping sound. So then just to have and it really fits into, you know, sometimes you're the the uh, improv yeah. feels like it was written because yeah. it's it's just so true to the the nature of the character the story mm-hmm. uh, everything involved and I think it's the most accessible of the Monty Python movies. Okay, sure. okay, yeah, I agree. I think it's the best one they've done, uh, and also one that you thoroughly enjoy revisiting over and over again because the humor still works. If you're into this. Like the first time you watch it, you could watch it and enjoy it, right? But if you're a person who's actually knowledgeable about this time period or interested in this story, it takes on a whole nother level of humor. And when you watch it over and over again, 
you can still pick out moments that maybe you didn't catch the first time. I mean, now I laugh at that people's Judea front and other people's front of Judea. Like the oh, fact that Life of Brian. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This Life of Brian. Sorry. In yeah. uh, in uh, in the uh, Holy Grail, it's like the constitutional peasant, right? When he's having this conversation about how Arthur became powerful or became in power, and he's coming from a whole, yeah. and they're arguing like systems of government. <laughs> well, how, yeah. How how does this make sense to choose? The leader. They do it more in Life of Brian. Right, right, right. But I mean, this idea, right, that we've bought into this uh, story that, oh, yes, the Lady of the Lake and the sword and, oh, Arthur was chosen. And they ex- absolutely take the piss out of that story. And it is genius to have them going, listen, <laughs> watery, what, moistened bints, lobbing scimitars is no way or no system of government. They have to choose a ruler. Um, All of it throughout is just very, very intelligent, smart humor that doesn't necessarily denigrate the subject matter, but certainly makes you laugh at it uh, uh, when you hear it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're looking at it now from through a different lens. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, But anyway, yeah, you know, it's Monty Python. So if you've never seen it, you're new to movies or something. That that is a comedy that is universal. Pretty much everybody. There are the people that don't like it because no movies, 100 percent. But, you know. That reaches the heights. Uh, although I would Absolutely. say you do need to be, you know, a little bit older because the jokes. Oh yeah, some some of the jokes are a little. Because you'll yeah. still get the stupid, silly stuff they do. That's mm-hmm. univ- you know, that's ageless. Right. But what you just brought up with system of government, whatnot, to have a general <laughs> social studies understanding, uh, so helps good. as well. Yeah, agreed. All right, what do you got it for? Uh, so my four uh, then is uh, the last of the Mohicans. So the punt from earlier. Okay. Um, that's a film that I just, you know, the score is phenomenal. Uh, Danny Day-Lewis is great. Madeline Stowe, who I always had a thing for, kind of adds another element to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the journey he goes on. And by the way, this is a boring-ass book to read. I remember reading this shit in high school. Four tears. Yeah. James Fenimore Cooper is not the most fun to read in high school. <laughs> he really isn't. And then, but what they, Michael Mann was able to do with this movie was incredible. You know, the 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 visuals of it really works. The war scenes are are good. Um, Wes Studi as uh, as the villain as Magua is so uh, unsettling. You know his indifferent yeah. face to death because of all that he's endured. The way he insults the people he's helping um, almost as much as he insults the people he's against. You know he he respects and reveres no one. He's it's almost like Koba. You know when you think about Planet yeah. of the Apes, he's the Koba, right? No matter what happens, he's never going to get over the fact that these people came over and took their lands from them uh and he will carry that bitterness with him no matter what uh and uh you know it's it's, it's powerful to see that performance uh from him and then russell means of course as the um as the uh as a uh, what's his face's dad uh Chingachuk. yeah he's so good throughout as this kind of like paternal stronger uh energy throughout the movie and then as as this thing progresses really is just you're just on this adventure with them and it's non-stop and i think the cinematography is incredible i think where where man puts the camera for mm-hmm. some of these sequences really kind of is new and interesting for that time and it still works now like when the indians when they're marching away from the fort and the native americans rather come through the woods from both yeah. sides and he puts the camera on them yeah from far away to make it feel like god how helpless must this situation be uh, when you can see a car accident coming you know what I'm saying? So it's all of that is just so brilliantly done. So yeah, that's why I love it as much as I do. It's why it's, it's high on my list as it is. Um, yeah, man did an excellent, like the running through the jungle scenes mm. 
And when he's pulling off the fire, fire, you know, his, his gun, yeah. the, the fucking musket, which means its accuracy is dog shit. Yeah, right. Uh, but I believe it because, I don't know, it's the steady hand of the camera that's tracking shot, whatnot. And Day Lewis just looks so believable, as does everyone else. Yeah. Uh, as they're doing it. And it's cool to see there was a time when the British were our protectors yeah. as colonists here. And yeah. the fr- it's the French-Indian Wars, you know, what's going on. So the France and, you know, Native American tribes teamed up to take us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, being English settlers, I'm part English. So, mm. uh, but then at the same time, I'm also part Cherokee. So, you know, oh. I'm fighting amongst myself. Still it's a hell of a civil that. war you got, son. It's a hell of a civil war. At all times. It never ends. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, the when he screams, I know we've said it before, but I yeah. will find you. Oh, dude, so hairs good. on yeah. the back of your neck stand up. I will find you. Still he, alive. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know taken before taken. Yeah, good point. Absolutely taken before taken. I actually like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, just, it's, if you haven't seen it in a while, it's definitely one to revisit and enjoy it's again. And, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful, right? And the score, I'm telling you, the score is maybe my top top five favorite scores. It's got those little lilting strings that come in. It's good. It, it, you know, it's period specific, and yet it works for the beat and the tempos for modern ears. When they use it to run through the jungle, it's fantastic. When they're using it to to when they're on the boats escaping the attack, it's so well done, man. Just so well done. And that build when the British officer is also vying for Madeline Stowe's attention. Yeah. And he puts, you know, a bullet through a bullet from how far would you say? 300 yards? At least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A sniper shot with. At best, that is going to be a rifled barrel, but it's still shooting a round BB. Yeah. So th- there's no way you could be accurate from that distance, and I believe it. Right. And I they have care. the and they have the tragic story with, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Day Lewis's younger Native American brother yeah. and the uh, and Alice, which is uh, Madeline Stowe's uh, younger sister in the movie, their tragic story and what happens to them. You're just like, oh man. So it's just so good. It's just so damn good. All right, what's your three, my man? Uh, my number three is Gladiator. Yep, that's my three as well. Huh, so I wonder, I know what your number one is. Do you? Okay. I do. All right. It's not hard. Okay. Uh, Gladiator is great. It's Russell Crowe. <laughs> some, some guy uh, last week, I, I want to say it was picture. Chris Lemke or something. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. And if it wasn't Chris, I apologize. But we got to Dark Knight last week and we were both like, all right, let's, let's combine these because we <laughs> talked about it. So yeah, many times where it's Gladiator, all of my top three, we've talked about, you know, a number of times. I think so, yeah. Same so here. what do you say about Gladiator? I love that uh, fight in the very beginning against the Germanic tribes. That was cool as shit because you've never seen anything like that in movies. Yeah. Unleash hell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, the, the, you know. Carry, carrying the head out from the messenger and lofting that out and then seeing the battle from there is just incredible. Um. I, you know, it's tough because I think the opening is so good. It's kind of yeah. like Private Ryan. I think the opening is so good that it's tough to match that level once things start to happen and the political moving, maneuvering and all of that starts to be a central part of the movie. You miss the kind of fights. You know, you get the gladiator moments and whatever, but you yeah. want a little – you want the – you want. It, it would be nice to see a prequel about Commodus 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not about Commodus. About uh, Max. Is it Max? Marcus Aurelius? Mar- no, about the the about his character. What is it? Uh, Maximus? Is that? His oh name? yeah, Max- Maximus. Yeah, it would be awesome to see a prequel of about Maximus, like uh, all the battles he waged, how he moved into position to be one of the favorites of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. All of that. That would be fun to explore. Um, so because yeah. you don't get after that moment, after that battle, he never really leads a command again in a large scale well, format. Like- of the gladiators within the gladiatorial ring, like he organizes sure, he them into that. a platoon yeah. when they go out and fight. I agree, but that unfortunately that ship has sailed crows too old at this point. Yeah. And I don't know <laughs> I don't know if, if somebody over like taking over for that role would work for me as well. Mm. Why not just choose another individual? I guess it has name recognition, but that person is Russell Crowe to me. I think Tom Hardy would be able to do it. But even Tom Hardy is getting close to that long in the tooth kind of area for something like this. Yeah, he's, he's probably the same age, if not a little, maybe a couple of years older than Russell Crowe was. Yeah. Which would still work. Yeah. You could yeah. get away with it. I think that so. is a good that's a good casting, though. I like Tom Hardy for that. would be the only one I would think of. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your two? Uh, my two is your number one. Which is? Seven Samurai. Oh, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. All right. Fair enough. And I don't know, but so Seven Samurai what is another movie. <laughs> we have we've talked Curse about Hour, it. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We it's say, the first team up uh, movie. It's Curse awesome. <laughs> I don't know what Samurai there's, swords. There's a new video game out that has a Kurosawa mode that makes it yeah. feel like. I, I just, of, yeah, go ahead, I, go ahead, heard, I was going to say I've just heard about. It. I haven't played it. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. It's only available for the PS4. Um, so, and I don't have a PS4 anymore. And I, I think. Uh, it may be time to. Someone was like, "Well, buy a refurbished one." I mean, have you been online? They're almost impossible to find, and when they do, they're like four hundred dollars now, which is two hundred dollars markup. And I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that for I'm refurbished. Just, yeah, for a refurbished one. It's How like much three, is new? The new is like uh, four hundred, four hundred and twenty-five, mm-hmm. something like that, or four fifty. The refurbished is like three eighty-nine or three ninety. It's insane. Um, so I'm not paying that much for for one of those. I'll wait till the end of the year when the ps5 comes out then maybe i could trade in my xbox uh one x for that and pay the difference but uh no how, way my- how old is your xbox like a year and a half sadly though it's worse than a car dealership as soon as you take that out of the oh, store yeah. it plummets in value yeah yeah but gamestop does this thing where you can trade in like when a new one comes out if you have the most recent model of any system, you can trade it in for at least two hundred or two fifty as trade in towards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All I've ever heard about them is you walk in with that and they just give you a co- a coupon to go fuck yourself. <laughs> like you get you get a pennies, literal pennies sure. on the dollar. If you walk in with a Nintendo sixty four, yes. But I mean, if, if I walk in with an Xbox One X that has four K capability, they're not going to give me a coupon. <laughs> I. <laughs> you're gonna get store credit for that's all i've ever heard i've yeah, never done yeah. it i don't know but the yeah. online everybody just talks about how ridiculous yeah. they are yeah because i traded in my old ps4 to buy this one and they gave me 200 dollars credit towards uh the uh the new xbox one x so it was ended up being about 150 or 175 more so it wasn't bad but with this one i'm not gonna pay 300 for a ps4 refurbished so no i'm, I'm good or 400 or whatever it is so um, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, the, the uh, trailers have been fantastic. The gameplays that are all over YouTube are 
incredible to watch. I, I can't wait to get it because it's a samurai game. Mm-hmm. And one of my one of our uh, well, one of our fans uh, DM me said, "I'll buy you the game as a thank you." And I'm like, "Cool," but like, I don't have anything to play it on. So yeah. if uh, a couple other fans want to put, put in for a refurbished PS4 Pro, knock yourself out. Um, all right, where are we at now? Your number one, which is my number two. I'm assuming Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of Gibson. <laughs> speaking of Gibson, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. This is another one where you just can't, can't resist it. You can't. I can't divorce myself from yeah. my love of Braveheart. Yeah. It's the it's one of the most historically inaccurate Inac- films. Yeah. Which should drive me nuts. Yeah. Don't care. Yep. I didn't know about it going into it. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Right. Just depends on what the story is. But I didn't know who William Wallace was before the movie. Neither did I. No clue. Yeah. No clue. No. Yeah. You know about the huge aristocratic characters. I had sure. heard of Robert the Bruce. That's the best yeah. I could tell you. I've never read anything about Robert the Bruce, really. Yeah. Um, I, I had heard of Longshanks, but I didn't know Longshanks. Yeah, so yeah. to take that... And in essence, create a character out of thin air, mm-hmm. and it resonated me with me from the moment that I saw it, and still will. Even knowing what I know about the guy, it's still going to get me when he yells "freedom." It's still going to make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because it does yeah. every time. Yeah. And uh, I really hope he just shuts up and doesn't <laughs> do anything else, because I don't want to have my yeah. entire love of his movies destroyed. So, Mel. <laughs> Ball's in your court, buddy. Stop it, Mel. Stop it. Um, yeah, I agree with you, man. It's tough to be in that situation and, and see that shit happening. It just frustrates the living piss out of you, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but you can't deny how great this film is. This really is. And it's, a, of course, was a labor of love for him and also a very difficult film to shoot. Uh, I'm sure it took a lot out of him to do the film. Uh, I mean, you can watch that scene when he's being led to the torture rack there out for everybody to see getting him getting pelted with like uh fruits and potatoes and all that and you can tell like someone got a little crazy and hit him right in the face and he actually yeah. goes to go like you know he's so he was willing to take all of that uh, as part of it so you know as much as you may not like him as a person and you have every right not to like him as a person yeah. you can't deny how incredible this film is and how incredible he is in the film uh yeah. all right you ready to divvy this yeah. up let's put it together the one, two, three is done. It's just a matter of what's one, what's two. Right, right. Yeah, flip uh, again. Yeah, I got the coin right here. Oh, the weighted coin again. I feel like I should pull out a coin. There are your two sides. Superman and Superman. Oh, interesting. All right. Then look like Superman to you. Batman and Batman. All right. Perfect. Hasso said that he had the coins weighted when he gave them to us. He posted on Facebook and said that they are this this coin is balanced. So your contention is utterly horseshit. That's ridiculous. You flipping it in your space is the horseshit part of it all. Yeah. You're not gonna like the outcome. See? I knew it. Three times in a row now. What's that tell you, fans? Statistical you anomaly is what that yeah. tells you. You guys know. You guys are with me. I know you're with me. You you know, you like Gibson be number one on our list? Oof. All right. I will do that under protest. Um, so we had what? Mohicans 4 6. Yeah. 
So our only commonality left then is what? Mohicans, Apocalypto. Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt. Well, I would say Mohicans probably next. Sure. And Apocalypto is your 10? 10. So it's 510 versus Prince of Egypt is 8-9. Oof. I feel like we should go. Shouldn't we go to our individual ones? Well, your next highest is a four. No, right? I already did that with last Mohicans. Okay, yeah, then I think Apocalypto makes the next. Because okay. that's my four and it's also your ten. Mm. Um, all right, so Prince of Egypt is the only thing we got left. What do you got next highest? Ben Hur at five. I'm sorry, Apocalypto was my five. So five ten beats uh so Ben Hur uh, that beats so I got my four Monty Python. Okay. Put your mind Monty and Ben Hur, then I would say Prince of Egypt. Sure. All right. What's your next highest? Six, Henry V. Okay. Okay. Henry V. And then what's your next highest? Excalibur at seven. I got my seven Spartacus. Are we flipping again? Yeah, I guess so. Is this eight? Is this for a 10? Yeah, this is for the last spot 10. Oh, all right. Sorry. I just dropped that unless you That's, want me to count uh, it. But Only if it says Superman. It slipped out of my hand. It did not. But I don't think it spun in the air. I think it just landed perfectly flat. If this goes four, just, just for the record, if this goes four in a row, we know I'm what's actually happening. Taking it up in my hand, I don't predetermine what side is on top. You just have Catherine come in and flip it. That's what I think. She's at work. She's unbiased. You got that one. Oh, well, well, well. Excalibur ending up on the list. Nice. All right. Let's do this thing. Are you ready? Here we go. Yep. The top 10 movies set before 1776. Yeah. And number 10. Excalibur. Oops, let me, let me adjust something here. At number nine. Henry V. At number eight. The Prince of Egypt. At number seven. Ben-Hur. At number six. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. At number five. Apocalypto. At number four. The Last of the Mohicans. At number three. Gladiator. At number two. Seven Samurai. And our number one movie set before 1776 is... Is Braveheart. Oh, also a good score for damn yeah. sure. I like that um, So I got Charles's list right in front of me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. And he wrote, I now realize that Amadeus appears to take place sometime after uh, 1776. So it does. It ends at least sometime after. So he uh, revised his list, and it oh. is at 10, Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are dead. Guildenstern, yeah. Oh, I apologize. I, I misread that. Nine, Elizabeth the First. Yeah. Eight is Apocalypto. Okay. Seven is Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't Ooh. think it. I don't think it does. Uh, that, is that count? The British. I looked it up. The British and the East India Company existed well into the 1800s. Okay. And I don't know that they ever specifically say when it is. All so right. I don't know. I didn't. I kept it off my list for that reason. I couldn't pin down where it was. Fair enough. Uh, six is a Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah, that's a nice choice. Yeah, it's on my side list. Five is the seventh seal. Ooh, nice. Classic. Four, like that. Uh, four is the witch. 
Oh, yeah. Good horror film. Three is Braveheart. Okay. Two is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay. And number one is Seven Samurai. Oh, nice. So at least he's in the Seven, seven Samurai camp. That's good. Yeah, no gladiator, though. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Okay. All right. You want to do shout outs real quick? Yeah, let's do some shout outs. Uh, all right. You want to start or you want me to start? Uh, it doesn't matter. I got it right in front of me, so I'll go ahead and jump in. Okay. Um, this is what you get for $5 and above. We give you a shout out at the end of every month. So here we go. Chuck Hocking. Charles J. Clark. Willie Logie. James Leggett. Soon Giant. Fernando. Sam Fernando. Mike Barrington. David Mitchell Baker. Andrew Hayes. Christos Alexakos. Hey. Angela Dashner. Zach Cooper. Ray Roche. Robert Miller. Paul Cree. Ryan Payne. Daniel Bedenhausen. Philip Hunt. Ben Archambault. Colson Coleopolis. Nancy Mallory. Benny Haste. Jay Scotty St. Clair. Ryan Beachy. Michael D. Dyke. Roberto Francisco Suarez or Suarez. Uh, Andrew Marker. Uh, Suarez. Uh, Brandon Monroe. Cody Rexford. Matt Simmons. Jonathan Caro. Jeff Kelly. Joshua Stetz. Billy Williams. Daniel McCarty. Luke Allison. Keith Fitzgerald. Mark Fawcett. Kristen Kurtz. Bobby Carney. Uh, Zach Butts. Chris Lemke. Uh, in Love With Movies podcast, Nick Baldwin. Johanna Linoverta. Darren Bush. Bernie Knapp. Hey, oh. Louis Berrigan. Lawrence Witt. Steve Schluckabier. Houston Bodily. Ravi Prasad. Joe Farrelly. Mark Menchaca. Josh Mabry. Ben Cartwright. Juan Reyes. Josh Sachs. George Menchaca. Eric Bloor. Andy Tan. Sean Brennan. Ed Buzzkirk. Ellis Menchaca. Drew Inns. Robert Haley. Caleb Young. Brandon M. Eggleston. Callie Onkin. Ruben E25. M- uh, Michael Ashby. Edward Wilshire. Sam Monsalvi. Francisco J. Torres. Uh, Jimmy Nost. Hey, Connor Teal. Jan Villacanazar. Michael Kelly. Dominic Greaves. Frank Montoya. Mike O'Brien. Uh, Kyle Beckworth. Jeremy Bowers. James Petty. Nick Francis. Christopher Brockman. Blake Gaunt. Kyle Feller. Haley Morton. Cameron Chapman. Marcus Davenport. Alex Russell. Matthew Pullen. Ashley Prowls. Drew Burkhart. Scott Zarnecki. Dylan Johnson. Jim White. Gareth Weldon. Uh, JIC 317. Ahmad Ali. Pasquale Bulfamante. Dan Petraglia. Christopher McIntyre. Adelardo Fuente. Reagan Lovig. Dylan Bueller Dempsey. Elijah York. Roque Oriana. Keith Archer. Shane Noble. Matt Hannigan. Maurice Robinson. Ben Quirk. Michael Schmur. Gunner R. Nizar Alabasi. April Rybacki. Tim Bag. John Dose. Cameron Belgrade. Alex Ramsey. Dale Varley. Cody Markham. Phil Neglia. Chris Consiglio. Wayne Murphy. <laughs> Edward Dobbins. Ian Brick Beltran Lopez. Kevin Fuss. Brian Akins. Deborah Torres. Nicholas Smith. Jeff Saliba. Noel Kelleher. John Keefe. Kristen Smith. Marcel Berman. Dan Nye. Oh, Dan Nye. Chris Cabrera. Joey Anthony. Aliyah Moore. Anthony Casanova. Stephen Westaway. Hans Eskelson. Justin Kelly. Uh, Christian Lungard-Killer. 
Dwayne Joseph Burke. Lachlan Skinner. Charles Kim. Joseph Curran. Fred Castillo. Albert Wiradharma. Uh, Thomas Clarence. Zachariah Kaufman. Jeff Dickin. Sean LeBeau. Uh, Yon Williams. Jody Money. Tim Reimert. David Gregson. Eric Bruin. Bobby Michael. Stephen Armstrong. Stacy Flores. Cody Seal. Ian Horner. Timothy R. Williams. EJ Red Hat Cox. There you go. Kyle Spawn. James Winstead. Sean Scott. Josh Lawrence. Chelsea Lewis. Rodrigo Valverde III. Andre Constantinescu. Catherine Samuels. Todd Whitkey. Alan Snuffleupagus Bennett. Brandon Caridi. Charlie McKenna. Jeremy Metz. Mike J. Blair Simpson. Josh Murphy. Nick Dornoff. Andrew O'Day. Johannes Schmidt. Andrew Herbs. Eric Stevenson. Evan Zoller. Thorsten Almuller. Jacob Pullen. Philip Lane. Jen Kemp. Hey, Ryan McKenna. Tim Kaskuba. Alexander Marzonia. Uh, Garth Wisenant. Dimitri Melot. Jim Payne. Scott Kohler. The Cinephiles. Hey, Andy Ortiz. Matthew Lee Cravens. James Trapani. Seth Shearer. Laura Deverson. Niall Blackie. Matt Yund. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. And finally, Julian Key. Hey, Julian Key. Nice stuff. Thank you to uh, everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Uh, Look forward to the uh, golden ticket coming out in the very, very near future. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T. Yeah, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And, hey, don't forget to sign up for our or subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. You can go there, youtube.com slash the top 10 podcast. Is that correct, Matt? With the number 10? Number 10 there. So go and find that and subscribe if you like watching our pretty faces talking about movies. Uh, or if you want to see more from me, you can go to my uh, uh, YouTube page, youtube.com slash John Roca says uh, or Johnny Kane 70. Apparently both addresses work. So go and uh, take a look at that as well. Just interviewed Christian Harloff for the Outlaw Nation show. So if you want to enjoy two and a half hours of the chairman of the Schmodown, feel free to do so. But don't forget our show coming up here for the patrons. Uh, and Matt, are only the patrons able to watch this or this for everybody, this show? The golden ticket. No, this is open for everybody. Only the patrons that signed up by July 1st at the Chimp Strong and uh, Boss Hog Tears can, are participating, and there's a lot of them. We're going to have these shows once again for a while. We hope you enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. uh, you fucking better. <laughs> but everybody will be able um, to, to watch listen these? in. Just like okay. the relist before, you could watch it, you can listen, but you couldn't participate unless you were a patron member. Right. Um, so we hope you uh, you know dig it and uh, get you through another day of quarantine wherever you are. And uh, if you're at somewhere that's a lot outside, congratulations. We hope you take us on your commute and you're back to your normal routine. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. We'll talk to you guys next time for another episode of the Top 10 Show. 